morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. My name is Ken Walls and I'm your host. And listen, this is this is um this is the last day of 2018. It's the last day of 2018. And man, I I I'm so so grateful for everybody that's following this program, everybody that shares this out. Thank you to everybody. This has been a phenomenal year as a result. And I appreciate and love you all. I am really excited to to be wrapping up the year with the guests that I have on today. This guy is absolutely an amazing rock star. He's active duty military. He is a, a in the United States Air Force. He has done a TED a TEDx talk. He's, uh, the guy's an entrepreneur. He's like, he's just, he's unbelievable. So, and I, I actually had the honor of being on his podcast. So, um, th it's about time. Last time we had some technical difficulties and we rescheduled and I'm excited. We're wrapping up the year with a real true American hero. So I want to welcome my buddy on here, Sean Douglas. Sean, welcome to the show. Hey buddy, how's it going? Dude, it's going great. I saw you chuckle. I got you I got the Skype window over on this other monitor and I can see you peripherally. I saw you <laughs> chuckle when I said true American hero, but dude, listen. <laughs> you're in the military and first off, thank you for your service, man. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you, man. Yeah, I really appreciate you. So so tell me, um you know, this show is about helping people have a breakthrough. I think that people go through crap in life and they get stuck and they don't know how to get unstuck. That can be entrepreneurs. That can be people that punch a time clock. It can be anything, right? Anyone. Right. There's, I don't think that it discriminates based on what you do for a living. Um, so my question for you is, um, you know, I, I, wanna, I want you to tell your story to help some people break through to have them crash through whatever's holding them back. And what a perfect day of the year to do that, man, to go into next year just yeah. blazing, right? So let's start with where you were born and raised, man. Yeah, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Oh, gosh, that's right up the – dude, that's like two hours from me. Maybe Is it really? Three. Yeah, I'm in northern Ohio, yeah. Oh, man, sorry to hear that. Go Blue. <laughs> go Bucks, right? <laughs> God, uh, it's like every year you dread like December 11th or 12th or you know like right around the last college football game you're like oh god <laughs> yeah here come the stupid Buckeyes right oh god I yeah. know oh, so so I have a lot of friends in Michigan you know what dude? I have never been to Michigan Really? And it's not, been because I don't have a, I, I don't get into the, I, I'm not, I'm just, that's not me, dude. I love watching football. If the Buckeyes win, yay, but if not, whatever. Like, I don't, I just don't take it that way. I got you. I got you. Yeah, most of my childhood was spent um, in the summers going to Cedar Point. Oh, nice, so, yeah. It's like Sandusky. four hours away, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sandusky, Ohio. Been up yep. there many, many times. So, so you grew up in Detroit. Were you like in a suburb or in the city? Yeah, I was born in Detroit at Holy Cross Hospital. Oh. And, uh, you know, we lived there for a couple of years. And then, you know, my mom and dad divorced. And then uh, and my dad went into the, to the Air Force. And my mom said, if you go, I'll divorce you. He's like, I'm out. And she's like, so am I. So wow. we divorced when I was in like first grade. And then we moved out of Detroit. And moved to uh, was like Centerline or something like that. Yeah, like Centerline, Michigan. And then all the way, it was crazy. By the time I lived, uh, by the time I was 18 years old and left for the military, I lived in 11 different houses and attended eight different schools because my mom married this other guy when I was in second grade, divorced when I was in seventh grade, but we were evicted from houses. Uh, grew up in an alcohol-dominated domestic violence household. Mm. So we lived with my grandparents at one point, uh, lived in their basement. And then we lived in a lot of other different places. And, uh, yeah, it was it was a crazy, crazy childhood. But we eventually 
lid in so many places, like up the thumb. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, worn, yeah. And then eventually my mom rested somewhere in the thumb in Port Huron, Michigan, which is like right across the water from hey, Canada. Hey, hey, for those that don't know what he's talking about, explain what the thumb is, dude. <laughs> yeah, so people from Michigan use their right hand and go, oh, I'm from here, and I'm from here. And so, yeah, so we eventually lived here, and then we moved here, and then we moved here, and then we moved here, and then my mom lived somewhere up here. Right, right. So, so. Michigan's shaped like a hand, sort of. Kind right. Of, right. So, so it's like, like, so what's funny is you can go like this and go, oh, so here's Lower Peninsula, here's Upper Peninsula, because that's what it looks like. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right, right. So, so, so you grew up there, and in, and. And at 18 years old, you said that you you headed into the military yourself. I did. Okay. Yeah, man, I was out. Like, I had no ambition in life at all. I graduated high school at 17 years old in 2001. I was working as a warehouse manager uh, for Discount Tire and didn't plan on doing anything. Like, I had no plans, purpose, nothing. And then 9-11 happened. Oh, wow. And and that's the day that I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm leaving. I'm out. So I quit. I quit my job and joined the military. On what? What date did you join? Uh, nine twelve. You joined the day after nine eleven, dude. Yeah, man. Signed the contract and everything, and then I left in November. I left like a month and a half later. Holy crap! Like you yep. took it serious. Oh yeah. Yeah, wow. I was I was like I was like this is it. This is my dare to be great moment. Like this is my this is my moment, you know. So I'm taking down um, Al Qaeda by myself. Right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> definitely. They need me. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah. So so wow, dude. That's that is that's actually really commendable. I, I, that's I remember exactly where I was that that moment. Like. Wow, I'm sure most people do that were were alive at least then. So 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 you went into the military. So you went to boot camp in November. Where's boot camp for for the Air Force? Uh, Lackland Air Force Base in San Antonio, Texas. Okay, so it wasn't cold. Uh yeah, it's pretty cold. <laughs> I remember I remember Warrior Week. We had we had our 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 greens, our battle greens, our our BDU's battle dress uniform. Yeah. And they give us this really thick like overcoat and it's a field jacket. Yeah. And even during during our warrior week where we're out in the field and you know shooting and and play war games all this other stuff like it's it's like the middle of December, right? You're like, "Oh, it's Texas. It's fine." Uh, no. Really? You're sitting here at, at like seven o'clock at night, man. You're out in the field, you're just like shivering, you're like this sucks so bad. In San Antonio? <laughs> you know? In San Antonio, yeah, it was, it just, I don't know, it was just that week. Um, cause San Antonio can get pretty chilly, but, you know, when I was there, cause I was there, I came back as a drill instructor from 2009 to 2013. I was a drill instructor for basic training. Oh. And I literally remember, like, blowing off fireworks on New Year's Eve in shorts and a t shirt. Oh <laughs> like, my gosh. But then I also remember there's snow. You know what I mean? And it's like super cold. And like, I mean, I don't know. In Texas San Antonio, there's snow. It's super. Well, it snowed two out of the four years that I was there. Are you serious? Wow, man. Yeah. Yeah. First time it snowed in like 40 years back in like 2009. Uh, so it's one of those unpredictable snows. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. And then it snowed like the next year. <laughs> I was wow. like, what's going on? That's crazy, yep. man. So you you were down and and what's the uh, in northern Texas? There's a there's an Air Force base up there. In... Shepherd Shepherd Air Force Base is the tech school in uh, Fort Worth in uh, Dallas. Just oh, no, it's um, my uncle was stationed over there. Um, oh, what is the name of that town? It's going to drive me crazy now. There there's an Air Force base or something up there. My uncle was in the Air Force for. I don't know, 30 years or something. He was stationed up there and he had a, there's like no trees at all in this little town. <laughs> and, and he says, um, he says, yeah, the, the air force recruiter that recruited me said that we would go down to this wherever he's like, and, and I'm telling you there, 
there's a there's a woman behind every tree. <laughs> Sounds like Wichita Falls. Somewhere up there. I, I don't know where, but yeah. yeah. And he said, I said, really? He's like, yeah, there's no trees in the town at all. And I'm like, ah, I get it. Yeah. Weird. But so, so, um, so you've spent your, your adult year cause you're still in the, in the military. Yeah. I got, I got uh, a couple years to go. Wow. Yeah. November, 2021, I will be a civilian. Oh my gosh, man. So you are, so that's 20 years. Yes. Yep. I'm done at 20. Man, I can't believe it's almost been 20 years since 9-11. That's insane. Right? Yeah. It's insane, man. It seems like the other day. So, yeah. so you, you, uh, you, you went in and, and, and you started your military career, but what, what all have you done in the military? Oh man. Okay. So have you gotten to travel the world? Yeah. So joined in 01 and then, uh, went to tech school to be an F-15 crew chief and, uh, got to RAF Lake and Heath in 2002 and deployed many times. Um, been TDY, which is basically a temporary duty. Like we'll take a couple aircraft and go somewhere and play some war games or whatever, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, been all over the place, uh, doing that. And then left there in 04, went to Mountain Home, Idaho in 2004, left there in 2006, went to, uh, Hill Air Force Base, Utah, and was there from 06 to 09. That was the coolest job. Like, like the, I'd say probably the funnest job. Which was uh, where, where was that again? At Hill Air Force Base in Utah. Oh, Utah. It's in, it's in Layton, Utah. Yeah. Actually, it spans three cities. That base spans three cities. Wow. Uh, it's a very, very big. It's like 30,000 people in that base. Holy but moly. I worked depot, so they would call us to go pick up aircraft that were damaged or shut down or whatever. Um, wow. We would be the team to go get them, and we would do depot, uh, which basically means like we would rip them apart and piece them back together. Oh, my like, gosh. It's, completely stripped down to bare bones and then we put the whole airplane back together it was so much fun and um and wow. yeah i went a lot of places in those in those uh three or four years i went a lot of places so um left in 2009 to go be a drill instructor was a drill instructor for air force basic training from 2009 to 2013 and then in 2013 i left and got to Seymour Johnson Air Force Base in North Carolina, where I am now. Oh, wow. And that was 2013? 2013. I've been in North Carolina since then. <clears throat> wow. Well, my my nephew was an F-16 pilot, and thankfully he was never shot down. Um, right. He's, he, he, uh, he's since retired. But um, <clears throat> So the – what? so at some point – you decided to um, take a step into the entrepreneurial world. Yes. Um, you've you've been and and I'm I'm assuming you've been all over the world. Uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> have much. you ever jumped out of an airplane? Uh yes I have. But you've parachuted out of an airplane. Yeah, not in a military aircraft, just uh, like skydiving. Dude, why? But however, <laughs> however, in 2004 in Zaragoza, Spain, I got a ride in the back of my aircraft, in the back of an F-15, the one that I crewed. Um, wow. I got I got to get a ride, and I passed out at 8.8 G's. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, I was the guy like on YouTube. You see videos, and I was the guy like, oh, and, like I like passed out. Yeah, 8.8 oh. G's. Yeah, dude, those things pull some G's, that's for sure. Dude, I felt like my chest cavity was going to cave in. Oh, my gosh. Did you break the sound? Did they break the sound barrier while you were I don't know. What, I don't know what, what that – I don't know what speed that is or whatever, but we did a uh, we did a full 360 burner run, oh which made God. me pass out. So we we were going, and he's like, you, you ready? And then I have great video. Like, I – like on a, on a cassette tape. Oh, dude. So, <laughs> I don't even think it plays anymore. Yeah. But uh, you know, I got the video camera, and I see the jet just like all the way down. You know, he just kind of like just falls down. 
and then we go, and then just the camera's like, Ugh, and it like hits the windshield or the uh, the, 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 <laughs> the the canopy. Yeah. You know, it hits the hits the canopy, and it's like stuck that way, and the jet's just like rolling, you know. And then you see my arm just go limp, and I'm just laying there. You know, <laughs> like, but we did like a, a complete full circle, full burner on the side, oh you know, full burner, you know, and then take off. And uh, and I don't know how fast we were going, but um, but yeah, I felt like my chest cavity was in a cave. It was so cool. Like we did rolls um, when I took off uh, or when when the pilot took off, you know, the crew on the ground, my buddies were like, dude, I thought you were going to flip over. Because what they do is they do combat takeoffs on your incentive flights. Yeah. So they go real low, and then they go straight up. And he said that he kicked it like this and then rect- and then rectified and then went straight up. It looked like he was just going like, to go all the way over. Oh, he my just God. kicked it so hard. And then on camera, it so the camera's facing behind me, and you can see the ground is just spinning. So he said he candy-caned it all the way up. Oh, you know? my God. He beat the crap out of me. I got done, okay? I got done with that incentive flight, put my bag out. I'm like, it was awesome. And then I tried to get out of the airplane, but, like, I was stuck. And so I just kind of rolled onto the ramp. There's, like, a ramp that sits right there. And I just kind of rolled out of the ramp, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, I pissed myself. Oh, God. But it wasn't. It was just I sweat so bad in that suit. Oh, yeah. Because the G-suit is from your stomach down to your legs, and it constricts. Yeah. And it pumps as the G-force hits, so it pumps blood to your head so you don't pass out. Right. And and he was doing so many Gs, and it pumped all the time, and I was just sweating. I was like, oh, oh, I pissed myself. Oh, my God. (laughs) And so as I took the suit off, I'm like, oh, wait, no. No, I'm just sweaty. No, I'm okay. I'm okay, guys. Because oh, <laughs> you know? everybody was laughing. The pilots were like, oh, my God, that's a first. <laughs> you know? oh, my God. But I didn't, I didn't throw up. I did not throw up, which was like <laughs> that was an accomplishment. Dude, that makes me want to throw up just hearing the story. Like that, <laughs> that, I've, I've been in some, some G situations in aircraft, but not uh, like that, man. No way. All the, adren- all the adrenaline's flowing and you're having a good time or whatever, and then you sleep. So good. Yeah. Like I slept like twelve hours. I slept so good. Wow, that that had to be intense. That was in Spain. Zaragoza, Spain. Wow, wow, man, that's awesome. So, so you you ended up back in in you ended up in North Carolina. Yep. Um, you're at the ba- where? What base down there? Seymour Johnson Air Force Base. Okay. Um, and, and, but again, at some point you said, all right, I need to get into this whole entrepreneurial thing I keep hearing about, <laughs> I'm assuming. Um, yeah. but, but yeah. so, so tell me how that happened. What, what, um, where, what did you get into? What made, what, what sure. caused you to take that step? Yeah. So I've built three successful businesses while I've been on active duty status. Uh, I was in England and really got into like the techno club, the techno music, you know, saw, I saw a lot of amazing DJs. Like we go to Scotland and, uh, you know, it's the largest party in Europe, you know, is, is in Scotland in Edinburgh and they're, they have like dueling DJs. I saw these clubs. I'm like, this is incredible. I said, I want to be part of that scene. So I got into DJing, started, you know mixing and doing everything. And so I left England in 2004 and I was helping out at the, at the Enlista club, like the club on the base. I was kind of helping out like karaoke days, doing some different things, whatever. Well, in 2004, um, I was, you know, I was into it for like a year and a half or so. I got to make this a thing, man. I got to make this a thing. And then my buddy's like, Hey, come DJ our wedding. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, we, we coordinated songs and did some things and boom, got paid like 200 bucks. And I was like, ding. <laughs> okay. So then I applied to bars and clubs and different things. And I was DJing from 2000, 2004 to like 2008. For those four years, I was a DJ. However, in wow. 2006, 2007-ish, it became a full-blown entertainment company. I had a team. We had videographers, photographers, other DJs, and we would we would like 
get farmed out or, or get contracted out from the overall umbrella of the company. Right. So we would get contracted out to these different things or whatever. But as a team, we would produce conferences, which got me into speaking. Um, we would produce other events. We produced like military events. We produced all kinds of things. And we became super, super profitable. And then military said, see ya. And, you know, I, I went to go be a drill instructor for basic training. So I was like, guys, I'm out. I got to go. Oh, wow. So I sold my rights and cashed out. So you sold, you sold that, that, or you're part of yep. it. They bought, they bought me out. Yeah. <clears throat> wow. Um, yeah. And so that was it. Your entrepreneurial was the, journey was over. That, that, that was, <laughs> that, that was it. I was like, man, this was great. I loved it. I come from an entrepreneurial family anyways. Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. This is great. You know? And then I was a drill instructor. Well, so right before I left Utah in 2009, uh, I had a buddy of mine that, that bought and sold things. That's just what he did. He bought right. and sold things. Right. So in 2009, he's like, dude, come with me. I want to go to an auction. I'm like, oh, all right. My grandfather, who was also an entrepreneur, like did a lot of auctions and flea market stuff. That's cool. So we go to this storage facility. and like, what the heck can we do here? He's like, it's an auction. They're auctioning off storage units. I'm like, get out of here. <laughs> he wins one for like 75 bucks. I was like, this is, a, this is insane. Like, this is awesome. So I go to be a drone instructor in 2009. In 2011, I buy my first storage unit. 2010, I'm dabbling, right? 2011, I buy my first storage unit. <laughs> in 2011 and 2012, my wife and I build a huge like antique store, collectible store, and I have clientele all over Texas. Really? I have, I have clientele all over Texas. Yeah, absolutely. So – I got people in Houston that want me to get them gas pump merchandise. I have people in, in Dallas and Fort Worth that want certain collectible items. I have a friend that works at the Rydell factory who would send me helmets and different things that I would sell in my store because what? they're just going to, they're just going to get crushed anyway. Wait, is this like Literally. a brick and mortar store? Brick and mortar. Dude, brick and what? Mortar. Yeah. I love the it, well, uh, there's a show called Storage Wars, Storage Wars. or something. Yeah. I love yep. that That's show, man. My wife and I were on Storage Wars Texas in 2012 for about Shut 12 seconds. Shut up. Are you serious? So so they told us they're like, "Hey, this one auctioneer was like, "Hey, if you come at this one place at this one time at this one whatever, I'll be the auctioneer and we're going to do Storage Wars Texas. It's a new show." Yeah. I was like, "Oh, I'm there." I'm going to be the new Dave. I'm going to be there, you know? <laughs> yeah. So me and the wife are there and, you know, everybody's there, whatever. And they got me going, yup, yup. <laughs> just to like, just to get on TV, Yeah. you know? And I tried to win the, win the unit, but yeah. the guy super bit it up. And the wife's like, no, we're done. You, you did your part. No. And so the guy wins and I was like, oh, come on. <laughs> you know? So they got me on TV going, yup. Ha! You know, it was so funny. So I, I, for like six months, everybody at work was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh man. I, yeah. They made fun of me really bad. Dude, that is absolutely awesome, man. My wife got the best unit out of, out of, out of any unit we've ever bought. She got the best one. Really? Like, literally. She got the best. I was bidding like hundred, 125. And I was like, Hey, bid it like really crazy. Like bid it crazy. She's like three fifty. I'm like, oh god, what? <laughs> so everybody's like five dollars, five dollars. Like everybody's like really bidding it slow. So she goes three fifty. We won. Inside that unit were two ninety six piece china sets. Oh my a 13, god! Yeah, a thirteen piece china set, a nine piece china set, and a thirty two piece silver silverware set. Two silver shot glasses, pure silver shot glasses Dude, from like 18, eight, 1880 something or whatever. Oh my and god! And then there's a there's a bunch of books and some antique desks and some other antique stuff or whatever. It made like five grand off that unit on a three hundred fifty dollar investment. Dude, she made five. Hey, I, I gotta go. I'm gonna go. I, I, <laughs> I thanks for being on. Have a good day, everybody. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Dude, that's go pretty buy awesome. I still have some of the stuff like we've got like like you know how aluminum ladders like twenty foot aluminum ladders you put against your house right like yeah. two three hundred bucks right oh yeah easily yeah we got one in a storage unit I bid seventy five dollars on oh 
Oh my gosh, dude. That is crazy. It was, yeah. So that's what we did. That's what we did. And you know what's crazy? Here's how good my, here's how good my marketing was. Okay. Two days ago. Now I've been here since 2013. Two days ago, I got a call. Hi. Uh, is Vintage Dreams still open? Uh, yeah, we haven't been open since 2013. I'm sorry. They're like, oh, yeah, my friend gave me your card and said you guys buy, sell, and trade antique and collectibles. Well, yes, but we're in North Carolina now. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm like, five years later, I still get phone calls from that store. That's how big of a network we built. Because I was doing Facebook ads before Facebook ads was a thing. Yeah, right. I was doing Facebook marketing and Craigslist marketing and and network marketing yeah. before network and relationship marketing were cool. That's how we built so big and so deeply connected where people still call us asking if we're open. Well, hey, and just I, I don't want to go off topic too far, um, but, dude, I want that shirt you have on. I want one of those. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Where, is that yours? You make it? I'll send it to you. You have one? I'll send one to you. You do you sell those? Yeah, yeah. I'll buy one, dude. I love that I'll shirt. I'll send it to you. What size do you wear? Large? Go go up one more. <laughs> <laughs> I'll send one to you. You rock, dude. So that's an awesome shirt. But okay, so first off, that's an incredible story. I love the. I mean, I don't. I haven't seen it for a long time, but I love that show, Storage Wars. A little bit. Some of it's a little bit hokey, but but yeah, like, yeah. but yeah. it's. I love seeing that where they go in like your wife and and you bid three hundred fifty bucks and and walk away with thousands of dollars because you 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 landed the you landed the 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 right one. Absolutely. That's and um, I used to watch uh, American Pickers. Yep. And then watch Storage Wars, and that's what we did. So I ended up putting things out like, hey, uh, I'm a picker. This is what we do. So we would go to people's houses like, yep, I'll take that. Yep, I'll take that. We go to auction houses. We go to flea markets, garage sales, and just flip them. We would have – okay, so whatever didn't sell in the store, we would sell at a garage sale on on like a Saturday. We would have $600 garage sales. Jeez. Whatever didn't sell in our store, we would do a garage sales. So we started doing garage sales, having four or $500 weekends to having a store where we were doing $1,000 weekends and whatever during the week. And then we'd have $600 garage sales on the weekends. Yeah. Like, and so we had, you know, money coming in and it was great. And uh, I learned a lot about American history, learned a lot about what things are worth and how to price things or whatever. And then in 2013, they were like, hey, you're leaving. I was like, oh, crap. So someone bought our store. Like, literally, they're like, leave the store just as it is. I'm going to buy you out. Oh, my God. I'm going to buy you out. And where was, like, was it? Where were you okay. living then? In Utah? In San Antonio. In oh, San, San Antonio. You were in San Antonio. Hold it. You were in San Antonio, and that's where you did the, the, the storage unit stuff. Storage unit. Yep. Yep. And had the, the antique-ish store. Yep. I'm sure you yep. had it more called- than antiques in there. Yeah, it was antique and collectibles. Hey, somebody just said post the link where we can buy that T-shirt. Dude, let's sell okay. some T-shirts. That's a nice <laughs> shirt. I love that. <laughs> what? Absolutely. <laughs> we need to sell some shirts, bro. Come on. Let's sell some shirts. Everybody on here needs to go buy a shirt from him right now. Um, oh, after funny. the show. After the show. So, so we'll we'll post it. You can throw the. Will you, will you promise to put the link in after the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll find uh, the. I'll find that guy and I'll put. I'll post the link. Awesome, awesome. So, so, dude. So you are like this. You're you're the consummate entrepreneur. Like that. You are like look it up in the dictionary. Your picture is probably in there. Like so, you're like okay. I'm in the military. This is cool. Um, I, I like this whole DJ scene and where was that Amsterdam? You saw that or so, so I was in Scotland, Scotland. I went to Belgium, uh, Germany, Amsterdam, Dude. Ireland, Wales, uh, everywhere, man. Wow. Everywhere. That's, that's incredible. So you, you decide to become a DJ. You do that for a while. You decide, then you're going, the military's like, Hey, by the way, we're sending you down to San Antonio to be a, a drill instructor. Like, yeah. were, you, were you one of those mean ones that got in people's faces and talked about their mom? A hundred percent. 
hundred percent. See, that's why I wouldn't have made it in the military, man. I just started swinging on somebody. I know I would have, man. And then I'd have gotten court-martialed and all that. But <laughs> so, so yeah, my brother who's six foot five and a half, he was in the Navy and he's like, dude, dude. Cause he was, he told me about boot camp. He's like, I don't know how I kept it together. I have no idea. <laughs> so, but, but like, so, so you were, you did this in San Antonio for four years while you're a boot or a drill instructor, you, um, decide to start, start. What made you decide to go just that guy saying, Hey, come on, let's go do this. So in 2009, remember I went with my buddy to, to buy a storage unit. And this is before storage wars, right? <laughs> well, guess what happens in 2011? Storage wars comes out. And I told my wife, I was like, see, we should have done it a year ago. We were ahead of the curve. We were the innovators. Oh, my God. We were the innovators. Dude. And now all of a sudden, everybody's buying storage units. Like, because wow. we were, we started doing it. And then once the craze cut on, everybody was doing it. Everybody, like all of 2012 was spent like hundreds of people, which, which kind of started to dwindle the business a little bit, right, but right. we would, because we branched off into other auctions, right. estate sales, garage sales, like all kinds of stuff. You but know, you, the, the difference is, is if you go out to bid on a storage unit and I go along with you and I'm like, Hey dude, I'm on bid too. Is that cool? You'd be like, yeah, go ahead, rookie. <laughs> like, cause there's no, I mean, you know what to look for. You got the experience. Me, I'd be yeah, like, right. $5,000. And you're like, dude, it's not worth a hundred. Like, but you know, so, <laughs> right. Well, I've definitely been on some units. I've been like three, 400 bucks out of you. And I'm like, well, this is complete trash. You know, <laughs> like. <laughs> it all goes in a dump. I remember one unit, literally one unit. Um, I I don't even know how to. Maybe maybe I shouldn't talk about this, but uh, there were some um, pleasurable toys in there. Oh my! God. And this whole unit was this. Oh like, no! It changed everything. Oh my and it God. was like it was I, it was boxes and bo it was just like oh my lord some of them were in plastic bags and like little strap I'm like oh my god and I just it, everything just got thrown away oh that's disgusting I didn't anything out of there it was a, it was a $400 trash pile oh. and I was like this is disgusting there was pictures oh, magazines man. and I was like this is that's, that's, this sucks that's and terrible. then and then you find some units I found one unit where I had to call the cops there was marijuana in the unit so there was marijuana, there was a rifle, um, you know, so I had to call the police. I'm like, hey, I got this unit, you know, and so it, it was bags of marijuana, marijuana magazines, rifle with some ammunition, and, uh, you know, you got to call the cops. So, yeah. I mean, not, not every unit's glorious. Like on TV, you, right. lose, you, you lose money sometimes, yeah. you know, and, like you never know what you're going to find in there. You could find a dead body. Who knows? Wow. That is crazy, dude. So, so you got out, so you, okay, so you got done with the boot camp thing. You went to, and that's when you went to North Carolina. I went to and, North Carolina. And, and you, you sold your, your storage wars business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your yep. antique store. You got, you got out of that and, and you went to North Carolina. Now, what was next? Because I know you didn't get, there's no way. Once you become an entrepreneur, you have the bug. By the way, my buddy, Dr. Doug McCloy is on here and he said, he said, I started in the flea market. Isn't that where all entrepreneurs are born? <laughs> yeah, right? There was born flea market business right, <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> flip it man you just gotta flip stuff right so so you ended up in north carolina at a new base um man that's gotta be i mean it's gotta be interesting like you're leaving a business behind that it's like and when you start a business to get rid of it or walk away from it or sell it or whatever it's like a it's like saying goodbye to your child it is. No, absolutely. But I will tell you that there was about two weeks after we sold the business. Like, literally, there was a two-week period where we were like, this is glorious. <laughs> what do I do with all this time? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
I'm just laying on the couch. I'm like, I'm not stressed at all. Right, right. This is great. And my wife and I look at each other like, I feel like I should be doing something. Like, yeah. What do I do? Right, <laughs> like, right. We're just looking at each other like. I literally have no idea what to do with my life right now because yeah. it was so consuming wow. with everything else we were doing. Yeah. But it, yeah, man, crazy, so crazy. You went, so you went to the, the I, I love how you're navigating everything right now, by the way. I love it. Like you're just like on the fly mute. Boom. I, I see it, dude. Everybody else sees it. That's awesome. So, so you, you have, um, so what did you do? So I got to I got to North Carolina and immediately they're your, like, "Hey, your audio just went bad. Got a little better." It's like, "Yep, yep." So I think I got too excited and my microphone caved in. Uh, okay, so I got to North Carolina and they were like, "Hey, welcome to the real real military. Welcome to the real world. You're deploying because it's drill shares. We don't deploy." You know, so there's four years that I don't deploy and they're like, guess what? We're leaving. And so I was there for like not even six months and then I was deployed. Oh my so gosh. Deployed for nine months and then had a kid. And um we ended up having a having a having a baby. Hold it, you were getting that let's hold on a minute. Hold on. You were deployed. Let's talk about that. What's that mean? I know what that it means, means but that, what's that mean to you? Like That means that I was in the Middle East for nine months. Oh my god. Without your family. Without your yes. wife? Yes. Wow. Yep. So found out that she was pregnant one month before I deployed. Literally one month. We're like, no. Uh, no. No. So we go to the doctors, everything. We're doing everything. And I'm like, this is this is insane. Like, this cannot be happening right now. This cannot be happening. And so she's pregnant. And we're like, well, I got to go. I told my boss everything. He's like, dude, my wife is pregnant. They're like, dude, your orders are already cut, man. You got to go. Okay, so I left and I got home four days before the baby was born. Four days. Wow, dude. <laughs> I could read that. I could read your lips there, by the way. Um, so, so kids running around like go I, away, I dude. I've got dogs. I got wife and kids. My my little girl's up in her room. She had a sleepover with one of her friends tonight or last nice. night, but. But so, so I want to talk about this. So, so you, you, one month before you left, you knew you were getting deployed, but before you left, you, you, you got your wife pregnant and what a great way <laughs> she to got make herself sure. Pregnant. Let's just be clear. She got herself pregnant, you know, what a, <laughs> what a great <laughs> way to ensure that you don't get a dear Sean letter while you're deployed. <laughs> It's like, she's carrying Good. my baby. Ain't nobody else. <laughs> like, God almighty. That's funny. Come on, that's man. Funny. You know you thought about that. Like, yeah. That's, I was like, well, at least I got someone to come home to you. No way to let her. She's pregnant. That's funny. Um, But yeah, man, I got I got back. And it was like, oh, we're getting extended. It was like, oh, God. Oh, oh God. my wife's like, I will kill you and your boss if you oh. are not home. Like, I will murder your face. Oh, and so God. we got on the plane and I was like, we're because so the date we were like, here's the date. And I was like, OK, I'm coming home. And then the day was coming like in two days. And they're like, OK, now we're getting on a plane. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I got home. And then four days later, the baby was born. Was like, wow, man, that was crazy. It was crazy. So wow. had a kid, 2014, had a kid, and then um, I was asked in 2014. I said, hey, you have a lot of of things that you're doing. Um, you know, you were a drill instructor, and then you know they're making you a suicide awareness trainer in the military just because you were an instructor. So we have this resilience program on base. Would love, absolutely love. To have you as a instructor for this program I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, hell yeah, I want to teach. Like, let's do this. So in 2014, I became a master resilience trainer for the Air Force, teaching mental, physical, social, and spiritual resilience skills. So they taught us all kinds of skills and everything based on the University of Pennsylvania program, the resilience program, the military took it. 
ballooned it, you know, militarized it, whatever. And that's what we teach. So I've been doing that since 2014, been a resilience trainer and suicide awareness trainer for the Air Force since 2014. Wow. So in 2015, I was like, this is amazing. I love teaching. I love training. It's like, this is like, I have to do this all the time. So I spent the better part of 2015 <laughs> researching, reading books, you know, and I was like, ooh, what's TED Talks? Like, I don't understand what that is. Like, what's that? I've never heard of that before. Got into some professional development because in the military, it's all about professional development. Yeah. So I knew John Maxwell. I knew Zig Ziglar, like those guys, Tony Robbins, knew those guys. But I got into other names that people aren't aren't really familiar with but are icons of, of the speaker world, right? So I got into those. And in 2016, I said, I'm going to make this a thing. I'm going to get booked to speak. I'm going to become the next Tony Robbins. I'm going to be, you know, whatever. And so I had, I think, like four speaking engagements in all of 2016. I think I made like 100 bucks. <laughs> <You know? laughs> wow. It made like 100 bucks. I spoke for free a lot. Yeah. Um, but I had a lot of practice from speaking from 2009 to 2013. I taught 5,000 hours. Between those four years, I taught like 5,000 hours of, of, of instruction. Wow. And then with all of the instruction leading up to this, I got like almost 10,000 hours, you know, of just teaching like classes. Wow. And so I signed on with a, with a professional, a professional seminar company called Elevate USA yeah. in 2017. And I was their leadership, leadership instructor, suicide awareness instructor and change management instructor. And so I signed on with them in 2017, got a TED Talk in 2017, made thousands of dollars in 2017, and was booked, uh, I think, like 15 times in 2017. Wow. This year, I got, I got booked 21 times. Wow. You're my, you're my 60th show, like podcast, book live show. You're my 60th show. Wow. And have, have I mean, I, I think I've... I, I netted like twenty seven thousand or whatever what after expense like yeah, all that other stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I mean it's it's been really, really great. And I had and I started my radio show, Life Transformation Radio, yeah. in twenty seventeen. I had uh Frank Shankowitz, the founder of the Make a Wish Foundation on my show. Wow. Uh, UFC announcer Bruce Buffer. Yeah. Um author and speaker Greg Reed. I've had big names, but then I've had like names that nobody knows. But they're making really, really great um, you know, impression in the world. So um, yeah, wow. it just, it's, it's snowballed, you know, since 2016, since I took action. Dude, that, wow. You just laid a lot down right there. That's, that's incredible. I don't even know how to recap all that, but I, 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 you know, I had, there is a lady that she was on here. I'm not sure if she still is, um, that, that said, thank you for your service earlier and yeah. her, um, her, her, or her son, um, unfortunately, did the did the um he, he's a military yeah he's a, he was a, a vet and um you know ended his 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 life and and she has oh wow. yeah yeah she um she has a um she has a, a a thing where she's trying to help veterans by um by helping them through um equine therapy and she's trying to put together a big love that. Yeah. And, and it's, I'm working it's, with someone right now who's doing the same thing. Well, maybe, maybe Literally, I could connect still. you guys because I don't know, you know, I'm trying to help her, but I, I don't like, I don't know yeah. what guidance to give. I'm her. working with someone in Virginia who's doing the same thing. Who's, yeah. um, you know, taking like, like equestrian and, and, and really using them as therapy. Yes. That's exactly I mean, what she's yeah. doing for, for vets yeah. that are, you know, trying to come back into to the because I remember my brother was in the military in the Navy for and he was in the first Gulf War. Um, mm -hmm. But he he was you know, he came out after um, six years and and he spent a year as as a as a civilian and he hated it and he couldn't he mm -hmm. just he's like this. I can't do this. And he went back in for four more years. And then he's like, wait a minute, what was I thinking? <laughs> and, <laughs> okay, I'll go back. And so he went back to, you know, he, he left the, the Navy after 10 years total. But, um, yeah. you know, getting back into the civilian life after being a veteran is, is not easy. And, and especially right. if, you, if you've, you know, if you've had um, some, some 
issues, you know, or, or whatever. So um, I'd love to connect you and her and, and, and have you guys be great. chat. You might be able to help her or give her some guidance or something. Yeah, that'd be super great. Yeah. Uh, to her point, um, there was a moment in 2008 where I actually put a gun in my mouth and, I, and, and said that I was done. Wow. Wow, man. So yeah. I do a lot of work with, um, you know, with, they're, they're called the out of darkness walks. Yeah. And it's with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And uh, I help out with those in this area, putting on out of darkness walks to bring awareness to, to suicide. Cause, uh, September is the suicide awareness month. Yeah. And there's all this like 22 a day, you know, 22 veterans kill themselves every day. Um, I think it's down to like 19 now. I think the number is like 19. Yeah. Um, but if you add first responders into that, yeah, it's more like 35 a day. Yeah. Between first responders and military, it's like 35 a day kill themselves. Well, and, and then, there's probably a lot of of you know because I'm a recovered alcoholic and I you know we used to talk. So about, am I. Are you? That's that's what made me try to take my life because I couldn't stop drinking and I was losing everything. I was losing my my wife and kids. We were divorcing. The military was kicking me out because I showed up to work drunk. Wow. Uh, yeah, it was bad. I did not know that about you, man. Yeah. So I, you know, I've talked to people about you know um, that that like you know they say that fifty people a day die on the roads due to alcohol or whatever, right? And, and, yeah. and it's, it, the thing is, is there's, there's a lot of people that die, including military veterans that they don't call it suicide, but they drank themselves to death or they OD'd with a needle to death or whatever. And, and, you know, those just go down as, as drug overdoses or whatever. So, so, you know, or cirrhosis of the liver and that's, you know, whatever. I, so, I mean, they, you know, and there's states that don't report it. So it's actually a much higher number and it's, it's tragic and it's senseless and it's absolutely not necessary because I've been where you're talking about. I got sober in 2002, but prior to that, man, like there were many times that I was like, dude, what's the point? You know, what's the point of this? So, you know, I, again, I, I love what you're doing. Let me ask you this, and I can't even believe we're already at 47, 48 minutes, dude. That's insane. So let me ask you this. You know, th throughout your journey, I mean, you, so now you've done a TED Talk. You've done all these other talks. You've done incredible. Your show is absolutely amazing, your your radio show. Um, and, and, you know, Throughout all of your, your journey, you've met a lot of people, a lot of people, and, and I'm sure you've met a lot of people, military or not, that are stuck in life, or they were stuck. Um, what is it that you think keeps people stuck? What's the, what, what are a couple of the biggest things you think keeps people stuck? Themselves. Right? They're the re like you hold you back. Nobody else holds you back. It's not money. It's not time. It's not resources. It's not nothing. It's a lack of resourcefulness and it's a lack of resilience. Resilience is a learned skill. It's a learned behavior. So when someone says, man, I feel so stuck. Well, then do something about it. You have the power to change your situation. Only you. Nobody else does. Nobody can make you do anything. You have the power to say, this is not how my story ends. I'm living proof. I sat on the floor with a bottle of Jack Daniels in one hand and a gun in the other in 2008. Wow. You have the power to say, this is not how my story ends. You have the power to turn the page and write a new chapter. Only you. It's a lack of resourcefulness and a lack of resilience that hold people back. They hold themselves back. Nobody else. Not a situation. Not nothing. So I don't care what race gender situation whatever like it doesn't matter you hold you back you let things hold you back and you think that there's no other way and there is a way there's a system and a strategy for everything there is no secret to success if you ever see a thing that says i have the secret to success don't buy from them because they're a snake oil salesman <laughs> there's a system and a strategy yep for everything I've learned this for 17 years in the military. There is a system and there is a strategy. There is no other way. So find a system, find a strategy. Somebody has done it before you. Yep. And and just do it. So 
just do it. I love it, man. I love it. That's a, that's a, you know, that's almost cliche, but it's so true, man. It's so right. true. So you either make it happen no matter what, or you make excuses on why it didn't happen. And that's why I've been so successful, you know, 2% yep. crazy, 2% crazy. Yeah. You know, yep. like you take risks and you do things that other people are like, wow, that's so dumb. You're like, that's why I'm doing it. Right. Because I just want to see how dumb I can get. Oh, look, it worked out. Yep. You know, everybody's like, oh, really? Storage units? You're buying somebody else's trash? Uh, yeah, I just found $5,000, you know, in this, you know, my wife just made $5,000 in this, in this storage unit. Um, oh, there's a thousand dollars in a Bible. Like, yeah, I'm going to do thousand dollars cash? Thousand dollars cash to the Bible. Yeah. Oh my God. Cash Bible. As a matter of fact, in 2012, in 2012, out of all of the cash and all of the change that we found in storage units, we saved it all up. And it was, um, it was like 13 or $1,400. And that's what we bought our Christmas presents with for the kids. Oh my was the gosh. change in the cash that we found inside the storage units. We saved it up and then, yep. That's wow. what we bought Christmas with. That's incredible. It didn't cost dude. no money out of our pocket. That's incredible. That is so awesome. So yep. what what is your um, primary business now, and how can everybody on here follow you? Yeah, so my primary business is called the Success Core, C-O-R-P-S. Yeah. Not Corpse, it's Success Core. Yeah. And what it is, is a global entrepreneurship speaker and business owners academy. I am mentoring somebody right now and I said, hey, where, um, what is your, what is your business? Like, like, what are you registered as? And he's like, uh, I mean, I'm just, I'm, no, 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 what are you registered as? Like, are you, are you S Corp? Are you LLC? And he's like, I don't, I, I don't know what, what are you talking about? Like, you know, LLC, like limited, like, are you sole proprietor? Like, how do you file taxes? Like, I just, I just file taxes. I'm like, are you registered? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, oh my God. Right. So I'm mentoring people that are fresh into the entrepreneurship and the business owner. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and who wants to be a speaker, who wants to be an entrepreneur. And so the success core is a global entrepreneurship speaker and business owners academy that teaches fundamental foundational systems and strategies that make you successful. These are, these are so easy to implement that you position yourself correctly in the market so that the market receives you and you become successful with the, with the implementation of systems and strategies that we give you. That's awesome, dude. That is really awesome. So, so how can everyone follow you? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn. I don't do any other weird like social medias like Snapagram or Instachat or whatever the heck they're called. Um, yeah, so, so I do Facebook and LinkedIn. So I've got a couple groups. So my radio show, Life Transformation Radio, is a Facebook group. It's Life Transformation Radio Community. Yep. And then the group, The Success Core, C-O-R-P-S, you can join the group. And I do every Wednesday at 7 p.m. I do mastermind calls every Wednesday at 7 p.m. as a group um, coaching mentoring session. And then um, you can go to the website, www.thesuccesscore.com, and you can see my TEDx talk. You see all my speaker videos. If you need me, if you want to uh, book me to speak, if you want me to be your mentor, you know, whatever, uh, it's all there. So I'd love to connect with you on Facebook or LinkedIn. Let's have a chat. Dude, I love that. Don't forget to post the link to buy that shirt. I will right after we awesome. hang up. I'm gonna I get the link. So I ask everybody this question. This is my final question for you. I yep. ask every single guest the same question. I, you know, as a um, an entrepreneur my entire adult life, and I'm 50 years old. I got a few years on this. Um, but as an entrepreneur my entire adult life, and a um, a recovered alcoholic with 16 and a half years sober. I have made a few mistakes along the way. <laughs> what are you laughing about? I'm laughing at you. Why? You're like, I made some mistakes. <laughs> I was like, no kidding. I made a few. And, and yeah, so, yeah. so, you know, the my question for you is this. If somebody called you and said, dude, my electric's getting shut off tomorrow. 
My car was repossessed last week. I can't figure out what to do. I can't even feed my kids and my wife and and everything is falling to pieces here and I'm 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 falling apart. What in God's name do I do? What's the first piece? Now remember, you and I know that it it starts all it all starts and ends right there, right? We know that. Yep. Yep. But what do you say to that person that's in that position that doesn't realize that's where the problem originates? So the first thing I would say, that always that I say is the first thing, and this is just me and, and my background and everything. The first thing I would say, like if it was you, I'd say, Ken, here's what you need to do. Uh, I don't know what where, where you come from, but you need to pray. Like come to Jesus, come to God, and lay it at God's hands and lay it at God's feet. That's the first thing you need to do. Secondly, if you don't believe in that, then here's what you need to do. You need to create some kind of a digital product, and you can do this for free on Canva. I literally created a $47 ebook that I sell three, four, five times a week, like passively. I don't do anything. They go to my website. People see it. They're like, oh, buy it. Uh, they, they see it in my group. They join my group. Oh, look, a speaker ebook. Download, right? Yeah. So create a digital product that is in your zone of genius. All I did was go to Canva, okay, and create a template, right? Create a document, and it was a 15-page ebook. I downloaded the ebook, I uploaded it to a e- to an ebook distribution system, right? And then I took that link, put it in Bitly, and now I promote the Bitly link. Yep. And people buy like I don't know where to find speed engagements. Here's the Bitly link. Somebody bought my book, $47. So immediately today, if you need some more income, create a digital product. Create a digital ebook that gives massive amounts of value and $47. That's how much it costs. $47. And, and the only cost to you is $5 a month for the distribution system. Dude, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. We use Canva every day for something. Like, yeah, I love Canva. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm yep. pretty good with Photoshop, but I, I still love Canva. Like it's awesome. Yeah. So, so dude, great. listen, man. I, I, again, thank you sincerely for your service. Thank you for, for what you do, man. Because you are, you know, people that say, oh, I'm, I'm too small. I don't know anybody. I can't really change the world. You know, dude, we've all been in that mindset. We've all had that those thoughts. You know, I, I probably still have them every day, right? Like, you know, but but you're somebody that's that's taking it and going, I don't care. I'm I'm doing it anyway, right? Hundred percent, man. You make it happen no matter what, or you make excuses on why your dreams didn't happen. That's right, dude. That's right. So dreams, dreams are just goals with a deadline. Yeah. That's it. Dreams are just goals with a deadline. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I appreciate you taking the time to be on here. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom. Thank you for everything, man. You're what Gary V talks about all the time. I mean, <laughs> God. I mean, you are, man. man. Gary's like, dude, go work. find something in your basement and sell it. You can make some money. Yeah. Go, go get rid of the junk. Go buy yeah, somebody definitely. else's junk and resell it. You'll, you'll make money. So there's a way. We did that for <laughs> we did that for years. I know. It was very profitable. I know, I know, man. And that's where people don't have to stay stuck. There's always a way out. You just have to, right. be, you just have to think, right? 100%. So listen, thank you for wrapping up 2018 with me on Breakthrough Walls. Pleasure, man. Dude, honored to be here. I, I'm I'm honored that you were the guy that that helped me wrap this all up. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And God bless you and your family. I hope 2019 is is a an, an, just a killer year for you. Yeah, you too, man. I really appreciate you, and uh, you've been a great friend this year. Thank you. And uh, honored to be on your show, man. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you guys. Everybody have a very safe and happy New Year's Eve. Don't take tomorrow off. That's that's a lie. Whoever told you it's okay to take the first of the first first day of the year, man. That sets the pace for the rest of the year. <laughs> I teach that. You do? I teach that. What, to take it off? Take the first day of the year off. Oh, take it off. I can't. Oh, I can't. 
Take it off. You know why? I, I, Be- because if you don't take care of yourself, you can't take care of anybody else. I know. I'm going to take care of so, myself. I get it, man. But, like, I feel like it sets the tone for the rest of the year. I'm going all in, man. I'm doing meditation. I'm getting a haircut. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm getting a massage. I'm, I'm doing some meditation. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm working on right. some systems and strategies. Maybe some taking some notes. Right. That's, but I'm not well, going all work. in for the second. That's still nah, work. Nah. nah, you're just strategizing. You're just yeah, mind mapping. I, I know, but it's still, it's still, you know, again, I personally think go all in, man. But hey, <laughs> hey, at least the people that are doing your massage and haircut are working. <laughs> <laughs> This is true. <laughs> anyway, bro, listen, thanks. I really appreciate you, man. You're awesome. Yeah, appreciate you, yeah, you too, man. All right, you guys, have, have a happy new year. We'll see you next year. See ya. All right.